Now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. Look at the Twins up 3 2 now. I needed that. There you go. Get yeah, to... we need to go into the weekend with uh, a little bit of more uh, motivation, man. I still can't believe the Jets won that game outright last night. I still can't believe it. And live totals bouncing around. How from about six that and doink to too? And Me and Ryan were oh. looking at each other with oh, that yeah. Tyler Bass yeah. doink off the uh, crossbar, and you're like, "Oh my goodness!" There was gracious. just so much wild nonsense that oh, yeah. happened last night. You just it, we, we went into this thinking it was going to be a battle between two great quarterbacks, and you know. Two teams competing for a division and thinking Super Bowl, and then, boy, did we have a wrench thrown into literally everything. And Dan Leverfeld covers the Jets, Jets Confidential, uh, Sirius XM NFL Radio, and I'm sure you have had a massively busy 24 hours, so clearly we appreciate you giving us the time to come on here. Uh, I guess right now we could just kind of start big picture. Overall, what has this 24 hours been like in terms of with this team and then what they're thinking about moving forward? I mean, I feel like everybody's kind of still in a lot of ways, Dan, just kind of in shock even outside of this, where it's like, I we can't believe this happened to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you know, uh, not to make this about me or a writer, but, <laughs> you know, it's been a long time since the Jets were relevant. And one thing when you're covering a team, relevancy does matter to a reporter because it, it adds a little juice to the beat because if a team is 3-11 and 11 and you're covering them late in the year, sometimes you wonder, what are we even doing here? This doesn't matter. Aside from the gambling, which is a big part of what you guys do, whether a team has a bad record or not, there's always a gambling element. But aside from that, you're like, what's the point? So, I, you know, I really felt like this year was the first time in a long time I was covering a relevant team. And it, on the first series, uh, that feeling kind of went away. It doesn't mean they can't make something of this season, but, man, it's such a different vibe right now than it was at kickoff last night. I, I haven't seen that kind of energy in MetLife Stadium for a Jet game in a long time when that ball was kicked off last night. That was something else. Yeah, and, Dan, I am a lifelong Packer fan, but more importantly, a lifelong Aaron Rodgers fan. So you guys, the Jets being, uh, were actually my mistress team, and I was joking last <laughs> night we had him for 17 years and protected him, and the Jets had him for one quarter, and now he's he's gone. But uh, so now, what do the Jets do? Because Zach Wilson, it's not. I don't know if Zach Wilson. I'm pretty low on Zach Wilson, but I almost just feel like he lost the locker room a little bit. We saw that last season. So now, what do the Jets do? Obviously, he's probably the guy moving forward. But do you really trust Tim Boyle as the backup quarterback? Do they go out there? Do they make phone calls to bring in a vet? What do you think they do now, moving forward at the quarterback position? It's kind of a delicate situation because with Zach Wilson. You mentioned the locker room. They have a very good roster. There's no question about it. Probably one of the strongest rosters from top to bottom in the NFL. I mean, you saw an undrafted free agent last night win the game, Xavier Gibson. I mean, that shows you the kind of talent they have. Even, yeah. you know, the, the, the personnel department has done such a good job for the Jets, even finding really good undrafted free agent type players. Bryce Huff is another one, one of the best pass rushers. So, a lot of talent and they don't really uh, have a, a situation where they can just go with Zach Wilson for the season, and if he's struggling, not lose the locker room. Those players aren't stupid. They watch the film. They know what's going on. So if Zach Wilson struggles, they can't just say, we're going to give him the whole season to let him develop. No, they're past that point. So whether it's Tim Boyle or someone off the street, they've got to have a backup plan because they can't, 
go with Zach Wilson come hell or high water. If he's not playing well, they can't waste this strong roster. The question is, when do they go out and get another player, aside from Tim Boyle, who's already there? Because if you want to give Zach Wilson a fair chance, maybe you don't make that move just now, this week. You let him have this game against Dallas, and if he's very bad, then you make the move early next week to go out and either make a trade for a quarterback or sign someone on the street. But maybe they wait till after the Dallas game so they don't give Zach Wilson the, the wrong message as far as, you know what? We don't trust you. We're already going out and getting somebody. Well, I'm not sure if you saw the uh, Giants-Cowboys game, Dan, but uh, (laughs) Daniel Jones was under attack pretty much the entire game, sacked seven times. I think he was under duress 65% of his dropbacks. Do you think that that's a a feasible situation to have Zach Wilson out there and just Tim Boyle behind him with that monster of a D? Pause. Well, they'll they'll probably have another player, Chris Drebler, who was on the practice squad last year. So they'll have mm-hmm. another quarterback who's actually a really good runner. So maybe they, they put in a package for him. But I just think that when you look at their situation, you know, on a short – they're on a short week too. So it's really hard to bring in somebody else on a short week after playing a Monday Night Football. And not only playing Monday Night Football, playing extra football. Uh, which is, to me, going to put them at a physical disadvantage. I mean, that's probably a, ga- a gambling angle that should be brought up. Think about it. The Jets played on Monday Night Football, and then they played an extra quarter or part of an extra quarter, and now they have to go on the road and, and play in Dallas against the team that was up so much against the Giants, they started to pull starters late in the game. So a well-rested Dallas team at home, against the Jets team that played on Monday Night Football, not only that, played extra football. So I think Dallas is going to have a physical advantage. I don't think the Jets' offensive line is as bad as you saw early in that game. I'm not saying it's great, but I think if you look at Dwayne Brown, who gave up the unfortunate sack that ended Aaron Rodgers' season, but he's a season left tackle. And their run blocking, let's be honest, you look what Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook did, their run blocking was really good uh, in that opener against Buffalo. So, once again, not the best offensive line in the league, but I don't think it's terrible, and I think they'll be better in their second game. Yeah, that's sort of when I look at this team now, Dan, I, I, I see Brees Hall carrying the ball 10 times, getting, you know, for 127 yards, running off that 83-yard run. Dalvin Cook had 13 carries himself, but let's be honest. I mean, Brees Hall certainly stood out more with his speed and essentially looking like he never tore an ACL whatsoever. Moving forward... Is this going to be kind of situation where they ride the maybe hot hand or hot legs, if you will, when it comes to running backs there? Or is it going to be Brees Hall first and then Dalvin Cook kind of collects some of the extra carries? Because, I mean, clearly they tried to at least sort of split them with 10 for Brees Hall and then 13 for Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I think they're going to split the carries between the two of them. They don't want to wear out Brees Hall. And he showed last night that he could go in even in a rotation and really light it up. I have never seen a player, you guys might remember one, but I don't remember a player ever coming off of that serious a knee injury, mm-hmm. not playing in the preseason and coming out of the gate like he didn't miss anything and picking up where he left off from when he got hurt in Denver last year. I've never seen anything like that. The guy didn't play in the preseason. It wasn't just an ACL sprain, uh, a ligament tear. It was more in that knee. And man, did he look good. And Dalvin Cook, I mean, we all know how good this guy is. What what a, what a talented runner. He's still got so much juice in his legs. 
you know, that, that could turn out to be the best running back tandem in the league, and that's something they're going to need. But I'll tell you what, guys, when you look at week two in Dallas, Dan Quinn, the outstanding defensive coordinator for Dallas, they're going to load the box all game with Zach Wilson, at quarterback. You didn't see as many loaded boxes because they were they were planning for Aaron Rodgers, and you don't load the box against Aaron Rodgers. So the, the loaded boxes were there sometimes against Buffalo, but you're going to see a lot more of them when the Jets travel to Dallas because I don't think Dallas fears Zach Wilson beating them with his arm. Yeah, Dan, let's stick in the division, actually, because you got a first-hand look at them last night, and it's the Buffalo Bills. And last year, they were the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Two years ago, just a painful playoff loss where they didn't even get to touch the ball. And we've changed the overtime rule. And I don't think, actually, since they changed the overtime rule for the Buffalo Bills, they've won a game in overtime, which is kind of crazy. But, you know, you saw it last night. Josh Allen's still way too many turnovers. I just feel like something's off in Buffalo. Uh, You know, what's your opinion on them this season? Do you think they should still be the favorites to win that division? Um, yeah, I don't know about the favorites, but they'll still be in the conversation. I think a couple problems. Number one, the right tackle, Spencer Brown, continues to struggle. Yep. And that was a problem last year, and it, it's kind of picking up where it left off. And so there was some protection issues. It should be brought up, you know, while we talk about the Jets. The Jets are absolutely loaded on the defensive line. They have depth like they didn't have in Robert Sala's first two years. So they're just bringing guys in – you know, in waves like San Francisco does where Robert came from, and they are just dominating up front in terms of that defensive line. You saw it a little in the preseason and in the opener. But getting back to Buffalo, the right tackle is a problem. Another problem to me is the dig situation. I think they're forcing the ball to him. I think they're trying to appease him, and I think that's in Josh Allen's head where, think about it, they picked Dalton Kikade in the first round, a speedy tight end out of Utah. They had Dawson Knox. Those guys were a non-factor last night. And they, Diggs is a great player, don't get me wrong. But you got to allow the quarterback to just go through his progressions and throw the open guy. You can't plant it in his mind that i got to force the ball to Diggs because Diggs is unhappy. That is unhealthy for, their, for the Buffalo passing attack, and I think it's throwing off Josh Allen. I'm curious. A lot of people thought the Patriots would be an absolute dumpster fire, and they didn't look that bad. Uh, don't end up covering against the Eagles, but Mac Jones didn't look terrible sticking in the division. What did you think about them? Well, I was very impressed with them, even though they lost, because they had both starting offensive guards out against a really good Philly front, and they were right in that game till the end. And I think their defense has more speed now. You know, Belichick's schemes are always going to be really good on defense. Uh I don't know if New England's going to challenge for the division title, but they're going to be a tough out every week. And the Jets play New England next week. And Zach Wilson, we all know what happened up in New England last year when he, he had a terrible game and then he put his foot in his mouth after the game by not taking any responsibility for you know the, the offense letting down the defense. But Zach Wilson, not to look ahead, but he always struggles against Belichick's schemes. You know, the best thing to do against Zach Wilson is play his zone because he tends to – telegraph his passes and take defenders to the ball with his eyes and the zone is the best defense to deal with that so uh, once again not looking ahead but two tough games ahead for Zach Wilson because Belichick you remember when Sam Darnold said he was seeing ghosts I just was thinking Belichick? about that yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. That, that has carried forward to the quarterback to replace Sam Darnold Zach Wilson I think he's kind of seeing ghosts 
when he faced Belichick's schemes. That's what Bill Belichick does. He's done it for a long, long time. Dan Leberfeld, Jets Confidential, Sirius XM NFL Radio. Really appreciate you giving us the time. Dan, if you see Aaron, tell him I love him and try to give it a comeback, even at 40. <laughs> okay, I will. I'll definitely send that message uh, with next time I see him. <laughs> Thank Thanks, Dan. We apologize for Ryan. Uh, he's been going through an emotional roller coaster over the last 24 hours or so. So, uh, you know, just we'll just have to let it go. He I sent us a picture from bed, and it was uh, just his eyes glazing to the sky. I didn't want to get out of bed today. You know, and, you know there's somebody in my mentions that, like, and my dad always used to say this, if this is the worst day of your life, you lived a pretty good yeah, life. Shut up. Yeah. Shut your mouths. When you're talking to me. It's bedtime. Trolls.